Welcome back to the Black Belt Podcast, and this is episode 56. Uh, this week's guest is Damien Darker, and Damien's background started in Taekwondo before transitioning to full contact kickboxing, and after much success nationally, but also some frustration competing internationally, Damien moved to fighting in K1 as a pro, where he's one of Ireland's top competitors in pro K1. And Damien is actually fighting this weekend in Dubai for the vacant Waco Pro K1 Intercontinental title. You can watch free by downloading the app UAM Pro. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And as always, make sure to like, share and subscribe to the podcast. And hope you enjoy. Okay, so what's up, Damien? How are you? Thanks, Minnie, for coming on. No problem, Jamie. Thanks for having us, man. How are you? I'm all good. I'm good. And so, like you were saying, your training's been good for this one, and it's it's great. To, or you said it's great to get a fight in. How how has training been? I suppose for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been great. It's been as normal, really. I've got, I'm always kind of training and staying staying um, staying ready, but it's a. Uh, it's it's just open the gears that little bit of intensity that little bit more intensity just as as the fight um as you get a fight confirmed that's that was the, the main kind of change um we had a few kind of a uh, few things outside of um outside of my control that we lost the uh, the kickboxing gym our kickboxing gym actually had to um the premises lost the premises during the during the lockdown with all the the covid um the covid kind of the closures, so to speak, of the classes and um, landlords still wanting their rent. So, uh, unfortunately, the, the kickboxing premises that uh, Elite Martial Arts was running out of had to, um, yeah, we lost the premises. So, we were outside just um, training in the, in the field outside and um, a local field um, is what we've been doing for the last while. And uh, it's obviously been hard, you know, training in Ireland outside and um, coming into the winter months is uh, hard. So, uh, but, it's, but it's kept us going, you know, it's been... Um, if anything, it's kind of pulled a few of us closer together, um, and everything's just been um, been flowing as normal. Other than the, as I said, things that we couldn't control, like the the, the gym being lost. But um, yeah, you just you get on with it and move forward. You you go sparring and other gyms, and uh, yeah, you, you 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 just get on with your training. You know, you kind of uh, going back um, to the Rocky films. You know, you forget about yeah. all the all the fancy equipment and all that. And you're just you're just back to the basics. You're just schooling with a. Uh, with training partners outside and just the fundamentals and yeah, everything's been good though. Yeah, that's fucking a shit that over the gym. Like really, like I know, like we have yeah, a, we no, have a full time we have a full time premises and we were lucky enough. Now the the landlord did do is um he gave us a, a bit of relief at the start, but like you know when we weren't too sure on what the sort of pods and you know like kind of when it was switching from ten to yeah. six and like we weren't sure we were going to be able to open at all and things like that. Like we were like yeah. maybe and the chances of getting. The, uh, something off the rent a second time was slim so like we were lucky in that regard but it's, it's shit that your landlord didn't look after you that way like yeah yeah so like, again now the coach and um, my coach glenn he uh so it was, it was it's his club and um yeah like it's it's you know running a full-time premises in dublin isn't easy at the best of times you know rent is is crazy expensive and um so like always trying to hit the rent is it is a challenge enough you know um and then when the rent freeze came in it was like they're kind of making it sound like they're doing you a favor, but really they're not. Like you know, they're kind of saying, "Well, you don't need to give me anything now, but I want it back before the end of the year." Like so, it's like you're you're, you're, saying, you're making it sound like they're doing you a favor, but you're not really. You know, and um, you want every penny of it back by the end of the year, so you're not doing me any favor. You're just saying to me, "You don't have to give me out now," just so it sounds good. So it's it was a 
it was a hard uh, it was a hard one you know because again trying to hit the rent anyway was was incredibly difficult then when the rent goes you know goes up um nearly doubles um for the last you know quarter of the year um it just wasn't feasible you know so unfortunately um the best option was just to close and when when community centers start opening back up again you now and, and class for me we'll just go back to our roots and we'll just go we'll we'll probably just get a community hall somewhere and start from start from the bottom and, and build up again you know yeah but uh, the, how you just what do you think that would look like because obviously like, if you're the full-time premises there's a lot of equipment that goes to to kitting that out to yeah. how do you get yeah, all, how do you get all that to the, the community centers like i know like maybe you don't need a lot and everything like that and you can make it work but yeah. still it would be ideal to have some place to put and use this equipment that yeah. you'd have yeah yeah, definitely. Like we had a ring and everything. We had full, like a, a, a ring that was put up permanently on the bags, you know, everything like that. So you know, the the, the coach again was was always um kind enough to just let me let me get out and train whenever. So we always had that there, and um, it kind of always kept me ticking over. But it's hard when that gets taken away from you. But again, you, you kind of you go back to the basics. You go back to just schooling with other people, and uh, you kind of uh, you kind of you kind of forget that um. What, what got you there so to speak you know what got yeah. you what got you to the dance and it's like you know when you're when you when we're when we we're kids you know they're just doing um doing drills doing drills with um with partners you know nine 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 days out of ten you know that's kind of what you're doing and it uh it really is good you know i, I, I really enjoy school and that's the just doing drills and um, with a partner i really enjoy that as far as the kickboxers told me training i i'd probably do that if I had a fight coming up and I can only do one thing, it was schooling, sparring, I'd probably school um, with another person every day and I'd find that would get me quite quite ready. Um, and if I could fight frequently then, schooling and then fighting frequently, I think that's that's kind of the perfect matchup, you know, because the schooling gives you that condition and it gives you the the understanding of drilling with another body, but um, not very intensely, you know, it limits the chance of injury, but it also builds up your conditioning for for withstanding it and then gives you a better understanding of how to place shots and um uh, where you should be where you should be looking to land them on the body rather than a bag. Um and then if you're able to fight regularly, you'd you'd, you'd have the sharpness from from you wouldn't even need the sparring, you know. So that's kind of again how I would approach it. But this year has been a very quiet year. So the fighting regularly part obviously came out of it. But uh the, I was lucky enough now to get to two in, so I'm I'm pretty 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 happy to be honest. Get one in in March and get one in at the end of the year. Now I'm, I'm blessed. But then um, just to go back to the training point of view, I think we definitely overcomplicate things when we have full time premises to a certain extent. It's very easy to for everybody to just be hitting bags. You know, I think kind of uh, doing more drills with partners is definitely better in the in the long run. Yeah. You even have that like I know like when I started you were in the we, we were training in a, a leisure centre on the timber floor like there was no even mats like whereas like yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we've had a full time place for a while, like all the kids who come through the club, like they're all used to even training on mats. It's like you don't I know, know yeah. you don't yeah, know what yeah. it's like. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, you're privileged there with the mat yeah. just the mats. Yeah, it's funny even like I was trying to uh geez, it would have been like once this fight got announced, I was starting to try and a little bit a little bit more um intensely, you know, and uh the, so I, I run a I run a gym myself, like a, a personal training studio, and and obviously with the COVID thing, that's been closed. So again, it's like everything, all the stars have aligned. It's just been a weird chain of events that have that have all kind of fallen into place. So our, our gym, my, my my day job has been has been closed. So we're all doing Zoom calls, but on the the positive side of it, 
the gym is now empty. So I actually have a roof over my head for as far as kickboxing training, which is, it, it's as I said, it's just like all stars aligned because we haven't had a kickboxing gym. So at least um, I know there's a roof that I can, go, I can get down, I can get down and then get a training partner with me and just drill with them under a roof. I know the rain's not going to stop us from training. So that's been good to have that, to be able to train on a regular basis. Um, Coming, coming forward but when I had to take when I was taking my shoes off training inside at first my feet were blistering up because it's been <laughs> it's been since March that I haven't trained without shoes on because I've been in a field so yeah. I've been training in my shoes since March so my feet were in a bad bad way now I have to say the first two weeks but uh, yeah you, you definitely go soft quick you know quick yeah so and it, like, so for, yeah. for this way how is um, in terms of like COVID testing and that because I, I know you're fighting in Dubai isn't that right Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like how is do you have to so take a we, test before you go or a test when you get there like how's the kind of whole thing going to work there yeah so i got a test um yesterday um so yeah it was a tricky one so the day that we fly out there was a bit of we fly out on a tuesday um fly on the tuesday morning early so it's it, there was a bit of a it was a tricky one getting a test because you get tested on um if we get tested on friday it has to be 72 hours before the flight leaves so then that test has expired. And if I got a test on a Monday, it's, I won't get the results back in time. So it was a bit tricky. But anyway, we, we located a center that that done them, um, that done the tests, because uh, there's not many of them on Saturday. And then we flew, we're flying with Emirates as well. So Emirates have a specific list that you can only get tested off with COVID tested off. So you can't just go anywhere. Um, so we finally found one of them that uh, don't test on a Saturday. But um, they said, oh, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive on a Saturday than a uh, so um, it was expensive. It was two hundred and fifty euro each um, to get t- COVID tested. So it's a, it's pricey, you know. Um, two hundred forty euro each. Sorry, two hundred forty euro each. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a serious money maker. You know, you're in and out in twenty seconds, and uh, two hundred forty euro. So we got results back last night, and so that's the only good thing, I suppose. It's very very quick and efficient. So. And we got our certs and all this morning, so we're good. We're good to go now. We're COVID clear, so that's all we needed now. So we just need to kind of keep clothing, you know, in our confined circles and 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 fly on Tuesday morning now. And will there be a test then when you get there, or is that, or you're just done now? I presume, I presume they probably will. I'm not sure now. I've I've um, I've, I've seen a, a highlight kind of clips from their last um from their last uh, show sort of weigh-in there was a video that they had from the weigh-in and stuff like that and the registration and, and they looked really on top of things you know they had uh, you know starting off simple as temperature checks but then right down to uh, blood tests and stuff so I don't know if they're checking for you know uh, performance enhancing drugs or whatever um, but I, I presume they probably would COVID test us you know if they're, if they're going that in detail into blood blood tests and stuff um, so we'll see when we get over there because as I said I've only seen like a, a highlight clip of the, the setup you know very professional so I, I can't see what they, they wouldn't yeah yeah you have to do like to be doing in the UFC and lock your way or lock yourself away then in your room for two days or oh hopefully <laughs> hopefully not yeah hopefully not <laughs> yeah, the coach doesn't like me I'm still going to room with me at the best of times and also oh. hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> so like it's only the two you love go then is it yourself and your coach that's it there's not nobody else yeah yeah just the two of us so but we've we've been there before you know we wouldn't um you know even if it's in england and stuff like that it'd, it'd just be us usually that we're traveling you know there wouldn't be um many people from the club or whatever that would make trips so and um, we're kind of well used to it, you know we've been to switzerland and um, 
you know, we went over to Sheffield there last year and stuff like that. And we've been in kind of hostile um hostile crowds. So it's it is something that's um you're very used to and you, you become used to it. it builds character I suppose and builds it builds you for for opportunities like this then you know it's not first time and, and this is behind closed doors as well. So that's a massive difference because it's not even like we're fighting in enemy territory, we're fighting in neutral, you know, neutral ground. So it's uh, it, it's it's even better, you know. Yeah. And where's this guy from? He's from, I think it's Abu Dhabi, I think. Um, okay. It's just, you know, United Arab Emirates as well. It's, it's just kind of what it goes under, but I think he's Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't think he's from Dubai, so um, probably a little bit of traveling on his behalf, but nothing like, like we'll be doing. Yeah. And it's, 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 is he the champion then, or is it a, is it a vacant title, or what way is the, is it? It's a vacant belt at the minute, Jamie. It's a vacant yeah. belt. Um, so the whack of a pro scene, um, this is the it's eighty one point four kilos is that so I think it's light, light heavyweight I think it's the it's the title but um yeah it's the K one um, intercontinental title and it's vacant so uh, he fought on their last show and he fought in the main event and he won but uh, and then the, this fight materialized and the title is vacant so um they 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 offered it and um, I'm delighted with the opportunity now yeah great stuff. So, like, how did you how did you get started in in martial arts? Am I right in saying you have a taekwondo background? Yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah. We, when I, I started taekwondo in, um, I was four years of age. I was only four. I started WTF taekwondo. Um, there was a little community center around the corner from her, from my house. That uh, so I was living in a flat with my mom and dad, and uh, right around the corner was a was a community center that was teaching and um, taekwondo. And my my old one of my older cousins. Uh, Jason, he was involved in the martial art at the time, and uh, he would have been kind of getting close towards his black belt, and he was he was really into it. And then he suggested to my parents, and that's how we we uh, my mom and dad brought us over to it. And uh, yeah, it just became it just started from there, and then kind of became part of part of just our my life, I suppose, as as the thing as a as a, a daily activity. And I kind of always it's always say to people, it's like you kind of see some parents that kind of let their kids away with like not wanting to go um to martial arts you know and then oh, it's not for them right you know but i, I believe that as when they're when their kids like, i believe the parent has nearly an obligation to to kind of hold them there for a little while and and because and, i had plenty of times where i didn't want to go train i wanted to stay outside playing football or playstation or whatever it might have been you know um but your, your parents kind of if they kind of it's like going to school, you know, no one wants to go to school either, but if your parents and that people had to have authority over you, kind of want you to go and keep pushing you to go and motivate you to go and bring you, um, it becomes a habit nearly, you know, so then the training aspect just becomes a part of your, your daily routine, you know, like eating a breakfast, like having your lunch, it just becomes, there's a, there's a part of the day after the day that you do some exercise and you do some training and I'm very grateful to my mom and dad for that, you know, that they, they brought me and, and pushed me through that and, um, that kind of uh, phase all the way up until kind of like a teenager and then, then you're you, you know you again it's it's instilled in you that it just becomes a thing that you carry on yourself you know you don't need to be motivated it's a, it's a self-motivation just within yourself that that will get you through like yeah yeah there was definitely a point in time <clears throat> like you said kind of particularly I, like for me like that it was the changeover zone like you, where you're just just before you go back to school i think like taekwondo the kind of trying to kind of came back and we weren't fully back yeah. to school, so it's like you're outside, you're playing. You're, as I said, you're playing football, you're playing hurling, you're playing whatever sports, and and coming in and leaving that doesn't because you know it's like that FOMO. It's like yeah. you're playing this great game here, and you don't want to go leaving. It's like, 
oh, I have to go in and get changed and go to taekwondo like and nobody else is and it doesn't feel great at the time but like your pa- if, your pa- yeah. if you come and say to your parents like if I came and said to my parents like and there was a th- like a day or two where I was like oh do I have to go and like, no no you're going like that's it you're going yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's it yeah and the thing is like when you get there as well when you get the training like well for me anyway when I got the training I was like loved that I was there it wasn't the fact that when I got there I was like yeah, oh I don't yeah, want to be yeah. here it's like I just but yeah exactly. needed needed to be pushed there to just that, that small mm-hmm. bit yeah yeah it's it is it's, it really is just that it's like a habit it just becomes a habit and it's a again it's um it's like any part of uh your, your parents kind of raising you you know manners you know just just things like that they're 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 kind of uh giving you a nudge in the right direction you know like um once you become older then you can make your own decisions but if, if you've been doing it for x amount of years again it's just a habit and you just carry it on through with, your, with yourself but um Another thing that goes with it, I suppose, is like you said, when your your kids or your, your friends are playing football and stuff, and especially back then, like there was no um, there was no role models really from from a, a superstar, you know, kind of point of view. There was no people that really stood out when we were kids, you know. Like to be honest, it was Power Rangers, and uh, was the same. it was more Power Rangers. The same. Power Rangers, 100%. And, uh, yeah, it was all like it was like all kind of martial arts kind of basic things. Power Rangers and. Um, even a uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, um, there was a uh, Chuck Norman. My mom used to work, uh, watch a uh, Walker's Texas Ranger. So like you know things like that. They were all just kind of martial arts based films where there'd be, be fight scenes or programs should say fight scenes, and that would get you into it. But like nowadays, kids have all the UFC stars and all the the glory stars, and they, they you know there's lot there's loads of uh, combat sports and obviously boxing and is and it's massive. So there's loads of combat combat athletes for people to look up to. Um, back in the day, though, obviously boxing would have been there, but it's it, to be quite honest, from a from a, a kid's point of view, that just it wasn't uh, it just didn't reach out to that demographic. I suppose that there wasn't that uh, that superstardom that there is that there is now around it. So I think the people wanted to go play football and stuff, and that was the cool sport. Like if I had 10, 10 friends, nine of them play football, you know, like um, and that was just how it was. I even played it myself, you know, it was definitely um, no good, you know, stuck in the fence just to move the ball out of there. But uh, it's um, that's just that's just how it was. It was it, football was the cool sport, and uh, it's uh, that 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 was another thing that kind of made you want to want to play football. I want to. Um, and then the media point of view again, like World Cups, you know, um, Premier League, all that kind of stuff was on the TV. There wasn't much fighting, you know, it's, as it is today. Today, it's a lot more, a lot more accessible as well as to the, the younger generation coming up. You know, they can see, you know, what's the, the campaign for women. If you can't see, can't see, you can't be or something yeah. like that. You know, it's the same thing. If you can't see, see it on the TV, you know, you, you can't, um, you can't, uh, you know, aspire to be it. Like, so it's a, that, that's a big, a big factor, I think. Yeah, I actually hadn't even thought of that. Like, yeah, it's true. Like when it when like that when I would have started, there, there wasn't anybody like any martial arts fighter. Like, yeah, like you said, it was Power Rangers, it was the Karate Kid, it was Bruce Lee, yeah. it was Jackie Chan, but no actual person yeah. like like sports person you could look up to. And like like you said, there wasn't mm-hmm. YouTube, there wasn't Instagram, YouTube, there was none of that you could even go and watch. Wow. It was like you had wow. to watch Power Rangers, you had to watch the 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 Bruce Lee movies, or like, yeah, I hadn't even thought of yeah. it. Like it's so it's actually yeah, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like that for a time that it was so hard to. Like there yeah. was there wasn't a, I suppose a Conor McGregor just where everybody even if they don't yeah. have even if they don't have interest in what he does mm-hmm. they they've heard of him and know who he is and what, what he exactly. does. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah, definitely, and uh, it's it's made. Um, I suppose no matter what your, your combat sport is, whether it is boxing, kickboxing, taekwondo, um, 
keep oils just being on martial arts in general is is always a good thing, you know. So um, just the the attention that that um, has been brought to martial arts over the last few years, you know, it's blown up. So whatever your sport is, it does definitely help, you know, it definitely helps. Yeah. And so then did you get into competing straight away or was there a time where maybe you were just training and turn, turning up to the club or were you always? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, yeah, it would have been um, training from from age of four. Um, yeah, like it's it's funny how times have changed. But looking back, like, like the reason why I'm able to see some of the stuff is because my dad would have had like a video camera, you know, and he would have been at the back of the, the class, you know, recording and stuff. And obviously that was, those days are gone. Like nobody now, obviously, you know, child protection and nobody can have like a camcorder into a, into a class nowadays but I'm thankful of those videos they're amazing when I look back on them now you know they're hilarious you know like he's sitting at the back of a grade for example and I'm doing a grade and I might be breaking a board and we'd be doing a pattern or whatever but they're um they're really cool like to, to look back on now but when I started at a at the age of four I was just in it like as I said because my mom and dad were bringing me like I was a little brat you know a little shit to be honest I wasn't really listening at all I was when I see those videos, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I'm sure you know, was, uh, you, teach, you teach a class and there's always that one kid and I'm like, that was me. I was like, I was <laughs> a little brat, you know, all I wanted to do was throw jumping back kicks or spinning kicks or whatever. We had no attention span. I was, I was, you know, like a goldfish, like as far as um, my memory, someone was telling me to do something and I was, I was really bad. So uh, I definitely, um, I definitely wasn't gifted in that sense. As I said again earlier on, it just became a habit of training, but I definitely didn't like it at the start. Uh, it compete the competing point of view. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't mad on sparring. Um, I just, as I said, I wanted to just kick things, you know, kick shields or kick pads. And when it came to the contact side of things, I wasn't mad on it. I always I remember it now. There was a girl in the class, um, and you always worry, wonder about these kind of people. Like I wonder where she is in life now but we we're only kids at the time but she used to kick the shit out of me like you know she used to kick me around the hall and i used to dread it every time i'd be like i hope i hope i don't get paired up with her you know and i get paired up with her every time and she kicked the living daylights out of me like around the hall and i used to dread it you know because you can't be up with a girl you know and uh, even though you're a kid yeah the lads would still say it you know so i would be, be dreading it every time but i think that's where my hate from sparring came from at, at an early age i was used to dread it you know and then there was another guy in the club that we used to always have uh, really good fights. But again, I, uh, I used to always not want to, you know, oh, I don't want to fight. That was always my kind of attitude, you know, oh, I don't want to fight. Uh, oh, you know, I'd be always trying to get away out of it, you know. And again, just my, my, my parents kind of pushed me in the direction and then me not being able to say no to a coach kind of point of view. Um, it, it, I, I, I'd conquer my fear and do it, you know, and you'd win some, you'd lose some. But that's how it kind of, the whole, um, my whole, uh, you know, martial arts kind of uh, fighting in martial arts, to say, kind of evolved from because again, it wasn't a natural thing for me. I was definitely not violent. I'm not violent at all. I'm still not to this day. Um, even when I'm going into fights, there's not a violent uh, thought in my in my mind. Really, it's a it's chess, and it's okay. I want to do this. You know, I have a game plan, and and uh, obviously, if the finishes there, then a different story to me comes out. But I'm uh, I'm not violent in, the, in you know at all. So I think it's. It's a, it's a, it's a thing of, and I always say to kids, even now, you know, if there's young lads in the club, like it's, it wasn't a thing for me. I didn't want to fight as a, as a, as a kid. It just becomes a thing. Like if you can, you know, deal and conquer the fears of going in for that fight or that spar or whatever it is, even if it is just a spar in the club initially, and then it becomes a an intercontinental title fight or something as big as, you know, it, 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 the nerves are all the same depending on what stage of your martial arts journey you're at, you know. So and if you can just develop and start learning how to conquer the fears, um, 
it's it's amazing for just development and life you know uh, it really is like and i think as far as me me uh, martial arts journey it, it started with taekwondo and competing and sparring but uh it wasn't uh that wasn't um, what i wanted to do initially you know but i think just just sticking it out and again just um constantly sparring and constantly competing as a, as a taekwondo athlete again now um punches in the face at that and wtf just um but punches to the body and kick, kicks to the face um kind of helped i think early on develop kicks and stuff like that you know and not have to worry about getting punched in the face and kind of helps develop the kicks and i think those kicks are still still kind of have them to this day from from um from my wtf taekwondo background you know yeah I I was definitely the same. Like even when I was a kid, like I was, I didn't mind sparring in the club. But then when it came to competition, I often found like I just, I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it really. And it's because like you know we have like I yeah. suppose you have something similar in even in WT like the the patterns are like the pum says or whatever it might be in WTF, WT Taekwondo, what it's ever called now. And uh, it's um I I had much more interest in that like and I I could win medals in that yeah. and then because like you've won a medal in that it's like oh well I don't really want to spare and I was always like like that if somebody had came and said to me oh you don't have to spare like if my mum and I came on and said all right come on we're going we'll go home so you don't have to spare I would have been happy with yeah. straight in the car but they always said no no we yeah, came yeah. to do both like you have to you have to do both like you can't just leave you have to do both so it was just yeah just get it like sure and that was it just it and then when I got started getting to about like a teenager then. I don't know, maybe like I don't know, aggression or something comes out and you like you just the oh. the the idea of fighting doesn't because isn't as scary or something. I don't know what it is, but uh, that that was kind yeah, of what I was yeah. like, like when I got to about 11, 12, 13, That's when I started to enjoy getting in and competing and sparring. Like, but definitely before that, com- competing and sparring and competition was nothing I was really interested in. Yeah, no, it's it's. I don't think it's a natural thing, you know. Um, I don't think it's a natural thing really for a lot of people. It definitely wasn't for me, you know, that aggression. In, in me just wasn't there and it's still not really to this day like I said it's just a it's a chess match you know I know what I'm there for I've done it so many times now and this experience and, and that calms you down and obviously the work that you put in um, calms you down but uh, yeah you're always you're always nervous you know always nervous and uh, yeah. but I think just the experience of it and doing that so many times fe- feeling those nerves you know like it, it, it's some people um, try to kind of put on a a persona about it, you know, but I'd be quite open about um, how we feel before fights, you know. Um I'd be quite uh, yeah, I'd be quite nervous, you know. Um you'd, you'd be pacing up and down the back, you know, you'd be thinking to yourself, what what the hell am I doing? Like what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I'd love to be at home with a Domino's pizza right now watching, you know, watching some fights or something, you know, and just like what the hell am I gonna do? But you, again it just comes from experience, you know, you know, it's it's uh you know the endorphins you get off of winning and winning winning becomes addictive that's that's what what gets me gets me and has me you know still hooked on on fighting and competing it's the winning that's addictive like uh, i i don't uh, i don't necessarily like um the, I, I didn't necessarily like the fighting but it becomes more of a natural thing as you just become more experienced you know and and, and if i was losing every time i guarantee you i would have given it up years ago but it's again that that habit that attitude of just training every day that, that has been instilled in us from a kid, it definitely it definitely sticks to you. That hard work, you know, gets you places. And then when you're training every day, when it comes to fights, you're winning. And then, again, it, it all comes from the hard work that you're putting in. But as I said, the winning becomes addictive, and that's what keeps pushing you on. You know, if you know the endorphins and the sacrifices you make coming up to the fight, when you do get the win and get your hand raised, it, it's all worthwhile. So it's definitely the winning that becomes addictive. addictive. And I think any kind of combat athlete 
I'll tell you, there's nothing like the the buzz of getting a, a win in a, in a fight. You know, there's nothing like it. it it's it, you give everything you know up to have that feeling, and that's what becomes addictive. Um, and I think that's again when it goes later down down in life, people do struggle to retire from it. You know, you do see it so much. You know, it's just such an addictive um feeling. Yeah. I think even that's where sometimes even the nerves like, but like when you're maybe when you're younger, like you're, you're more nervous about getting hurt. But then mm-hmm. uh, after a while, it maybe goes away, and it's you're not scared of getting hurt. You're nervous, and you're scared of of losing more. So it's like you put in all the work, the effort, and you want to win. Mm-hmm. And then it's 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 the nerves. Yeah. But if I what if I don't win? You know what I mean? It's 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 yeah. it goes away from getting hurt, and it becomes more you're nervous about winning. And like you said, maybe that's why the yeah. feeling for winning then is is great then as well. Like. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 a massive thing. I remember like doing a bit of sports psychology when I was in college and stuff, and and yeah, that that be one of the things like what you know what would be uh, your fear like is it of being hurt or is it of just losing? And yeah, it would just be losing, you know. And then again, like what what do your your friends and family think? You know, and you're afraid of losing. What your friends and family think? You know, you're not not afraid of getting hurt. You know that yeah. that's never really an issue. That never comes into your mind. You know, you know you're you're trying and well enough to perform. It's more like, oh, like, what if we, you know, like, what if we, what if we, if we don't perform to, to the best I can, what if we lose? It's more those kind of thoughts, you know, that creep into your head. But again, from experience and and hard work as your training camp goes through, those those thoughts get diminished and very a lot smaller, you know, when you when you when you start feeling that you're ready and you're you're, you're fully capable. Like, yeah, that's definitely yeah. Like, I've definitely felt that yeah myself. Even yeah. felt like that. Yeah, there's more pressure from people who matter to you I suppose but the funny thing is I suppose that you don't want to I suppose let down the people that matter to you but the thing is they probably give the least amount of shit like whether you win or whether you lose yeah, it's kind of like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's fine like I'm like oh jeez uh, you know I'm at the losing you know, all the lads are after coming out and watching and they just you know they, they're like come on we go on, you know have a few points like you know we don't care like you know yeah. let's go like and um, yeah the, the people that, that are really for the right reasons they don't really care, you know. They, yeah. they, 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 they're there to support you, and that's that's ultimately what you want, I suppose, you know. Yeah. So then, like, when did the, the when did you switch to kickboxing? Then, like, what kind of made you, made you take that switch? I, I would have um, probably been about twelve or thirteen. So I got I got um, so again, as I said, I was doing take one since four, and I got my junior black belt then. I probably would have been thirteen or something like that when I got my junior black belt. Probably even younger. Like I would have been, I would have uh, been quite devoted now to it, um, especially from like, from say around the age of like seven, seven up. Like I would have been, you know, just just stuck into competing and um, and grading. And uh, yeah, I would have got my junior black quite young. I think I would have been about thirteen. And then my my coach at the time, he was one of the instructors in the in the Taekwondo club. So he's my Taekwondo coach, and then he was branching off in his own kind of martial arts room. So he had. He had done Taekwondo um, for years. Obviously, he was coaching me, so he had started, you know, X amount of years before that. And then he had, he had kind of moved on to doing a bit of kickboxing. And then he started uh, teaching kickboxing. And uh, I still remember that he was, he came into me, he was he was working um, uh, in my housing state one, one, one weekend. He came in and, in the van and I remember running over, just chatting away. And he was like, what are you doing at the weekend? I was saying, no, nothing really, you know. And he was like, well, why don't you, do you fancy fighting, you know, kickboxing? I was like, maybe, yeah, maybe like going out, like, you know, again, petrified. It's just, you know, couldn't say no to the coach. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Then going in, trying to make excuses for me, to me, my dad, you know, we didn't want to go. But anyway, they, they're, they're all on board. They're, they're throwing me in the car and bringing me down. So we went down to Sligo and it was a, 
a semi-contact kickboxing tournament and won my first fight. Again, all I had was legs, couldn't punch, you know, it was just straight shots to the body every now and again, WTF with very little. Um, this would have been back before even the, the electronic score, the body armors came in. So people wouldn't have thrown punches to the body really, you know, it was more about just trying to take each other's head off kicks. So um, there wouldn't have been anything, anything with my hands at all. So it won't be first semi-contact fight anyway. Um, and then I lost my second. But that was my first, my first kickboxing, tasty kickboxing before I ever, um, ever done a class, you know. So uh, I, I kind of knew then, like the, the semi-contact wasn't for me, you know. It was it was totally different to what we were doing at the WTF, you know, the uh, the continuous fighting. Like so, I, I, uh, but anyway, it was, it was all they had at that time. That age group, they only doing um, light contact for a bit older. So in that tournament, so it was it was fine. But that was that was where I started with kickboxing, and then. Then I went back to the to the the coaches club, you know. So he was up in Lockenstown, up in the Leisure Centre, and that's where it all kind of started. Then, from the kickboxing point of view, I started with light contact kickboxing, and then I would have progressed then to full contact. Um, you know, some organisations were allowing you to fight full contact when you were fifteen. Um, some organisations you had to wait until you were seventeen and eighteen. So I kind of, you know, moved around through the organisations, had a few full contact fights when I was fifteen. Then um then got into it then really seventeen and eighteen um in in Waco and KBI and the OSK had shows and uh, OKF had shows so kind of floating around the country doing full contact um from sixteen from fifteen up until I think it was twenty six twenty ten I think it was twenty four sorry when I stopped twenty four when I um yeah twenty three so twenty three when I stopped doing full contact I just so I, I lost the lost the love for it but that was that was me 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 journey from taekwondo to to kickboxing you know yeah and but it's just I'll say like the club you were in that's kind of they were more so towards the full contact side because I would think you know coming from your taekwondo background going into points would have maybe been a much yeah, more, yeah, maybe, maybe made more yeah. sense as a transition but I suppose like if the club didn't do yeah. points then you just kind of go at what the club is doing. Yeah, and I, and again, I think the I think the the evolution in, in in that five kind of in that maybe that ten year from when I started WTF to to ten years later, I think WTF had evolved as well. Like again, it goes back to the electronic scoreboard. So, uh, WTF back then was more like continuous fighting. Now it's very points based. You know, it's very front leg uh, orientated. So, like I, I've never had a side kick in me. You know, I could never try, never try a side kick. So. Um, tourney kicks, back kicks, spinning kicks, um, they're more my kind of bread and butter. I never really had a front leg side kick in me, you know. We 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 done it in class, obviously, but I was never really confident in it. And uh, and again, it came back to the old WTF style. Um, it wasn't really front leg, so I think that's now WTF would definitely be a lot um, an easier transition to semi contact kickboxing. But I think back then it was a little bit, a little bit different, you know. It was, it was a little bit more. Um, more kind of attacking with both legs and and uh, continuous fighting. Yeah, uh, how how did you find kind of fighting full contact at at sixteen, seventeen, and being pushed in? I suppose maybe with somebody with with some grown men and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a um, it's definitely a, a difference, you know. Um, just getting that man strength, you know, it's definitely uh, there's definitely a massive difference. You know, and some people get it, you know, later in life, different times. Like you, sometimes you get. You know, some 17, 18 year olds and they're, they're, they're men, you know, like you look at Mike Tyson when he was, you know, 17, you're like, that's yeah. not, you know, like then you get some, some lads like myself, 
spaghetti arms, you know, getting in there at 17, you're like, couldn't crack an egg, you know, um, and you're just looking to outpoint people. Um, so that's kind of, I kind of got, I kind of got a bit more power and a bit more um, kind of killer instinct later, kind of, I probably would have been about 20, I probably would have been about 24 when I started, 23, 20, yeah, when I kind of start getting that, that kind of, just that instinct to be stopping people, you know, once I smelled, smelled uh, blood in the water, just to be able to get the stoppage, I kind of, I probably would have been, yeah, just 22, 23, 24, that's kind of when I would start having, having a few stoppages in full contact and uh, kind of, yeah, kind of hammering down my place as the 81 kilo national champion um, in, or- in Ireland, you know, for full contact. So that kind of would have been when it started becoming apparent to me that I kind of had a bit of man strength in me. And up until that point, I was very defensive and very on the back foot and just looking to um, to kind of outpoint people, you know. So I think people definitely get, get at, at different stages in life, you know, depending on their, just their genetic makeup, I suppose. But uh, I was definitely a bit of a late bloomer, bloomer as far as the coming into the seniors, you know, going from, like, say, for 17, 18. There was a few years gap there where, I didn't feel like I kind of belonged at at, uh, at seventy five or eighty one. You know, I was killing myself to make seventy one at one stage, and uh, it just again, I still didn't have the the power. You know, the lads were just too quick at that time, and then I came up to seventy five, and I just felt like I didn't have the the the, the frame, or I just wasn't strong enough yet. I just wasn't developing that man strength and that um that. Uh, that, that experience wasn't there yet. I think it was a combination of both, really, you know. So I was a little bit late of a late bloomer, but I think, I say, again, 22, 23, 24, that's kind of when I start really, you know, getting that bit of man strength and, uh, yeah, trying to be able to, to be able to stop people. Yeah. Was there one kind of thing that kind of made, was there maybe one, I suppose, event or incident that maybe made you fall out of love with full contact and want to switch to K1? Or was it kind of a, an accumulation of wanting to try something new or... Yeah, I think it. I think it was an accumulation. I think uh, it was an accumulation over a period of time. But there was definitely one moment where I was like, "That's it, I'm done." Like it was a bit. It, it kind of was um, an accumulation over 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 time. But, but definitely that one point I remember where I was I was done. I was backing it in. So uh, again, we went like I went. Uh, I'm trying to think even the years you know and um, once you get all the years the dates and the years aren't clear, clear anymore now but it, it probably would have been in um, 2004 15 and 2016 yeah i think it was 2014 or 15 and 2016 where we had two dominant years as far in ireland as far as being national champion at 81 and i was i was really settling in but when i went away we were going away i went away to the euros and went away to the worlds and two years back to back and uh, I was uh, kind of falling short when we were going away you know and I was kind of beating myself up a bit but the, just the, the calibre of fights that we there just wasn't enough fights in Ireland and the, the level just wasn't there for us to be able to compete at that level um, and you know you probably know your, you know yourself from the take on the background like when you're going away it is again well, I'm, I'm an adult now at this stage so um, it's not like I'm getting the money off me, me mom and dad, you know, to just send me away. Like I'm, I'm paying for yeah. myself, and you're taking time off work, and you're going away, and then when you're falling short, you do be beating yourself up, and you're kind of like you feel like you're doing the best you can in the country, but you're not really getting, you know, you're you're the top of you're top of the of your level in the country. You're the national champ, but you're just the level, the golfing level, 
um, when you're going away to the Worlds and the Euros, you just fail. You're always falling that bit short for, from a medal. So um, I wasn't going to keep continue doing that for years. You know, it felt like the, the system just isn't in place. Is how we felt. The system isn't in place for me to get international sparring in, for me to have a national training camp, for me to be getting funding so I don't have to be putting my hand in my pocket. Um, I've been national champ two years back to back and I've, I've went away to the Euros and the Worlds. I've fallen short, but... I just felt the system wasn't in place for me to progress and I wasn't going to get caught up in that cycle of staying there for years, you know. So I said, Roy, um, I remember after the the World Championships 2016, I think it was, um, or 2015, I just, uh, I came out of the ring and I was like, that's it, like I'm done, I'm done with it because I gave such a bad account to myself. So we felt um, all all in the lead up to it, uh, the national scene in Ireland, the only spars I could get really um Nine nine times out of ten, people wanted to do K one. They wanted to do leg kicks, you know. Um, and I was agreeing to them most of the time. And uh, then just when I went when I went in, the the, the spars I could probably count on me on one hand. You know the full contact spars I got in, and uh, that were of a really high level, you know. And then uh, when I went when I went abroad, and I, I went to the world, sort of say, and I lost. I just remember coming out of the ring, going, oh, no, "I'm done. I'm done with it because I'm just not." I'm not investing myself in in the full contact enough. I'm, I'm uh, everyone around me is doing K1. K1 is getting a lot more attention uh, domestically. You know, in Ireland, just all the clubs, all the shows that were being put on were all K1 based, and full contact was just kind of shrinking. You know, it wasn't really becoming as big as it was. And the combination of the 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 sport shrinking in Ireland and then me falling short when I'm going away again, it was the the, the two of them. I, I, I kind of had the two of them. And in my head, I was like, I'm never going to get a medal, you know, with the, with the sports shrinking in Ireland and the the, the, the the kind of sparring and the prep not being there. Like, it's it's very hard to be going away and meddling. So it, that, it was it was after my performance at the Worlds in 2015. I just remember going, oh, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to go, okay, well, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm just going to get stuck into that. And it was a new... It was a new a new start. It felt like it's a totally different sport. You know, I know we're punching and kicking, but it's 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 a totally different sport. And um I got that bug, that bug for learning and that bug for just um starting something completely new, you know, and, and it really just kinda lit lit the fire in me again and that that drive to succeed again because I, like I felt like I was at the top of Ireland as far as the being national champion. I just knew, you know, there was no no reward um, there. And even even if you did medal. There's, there was no reward, so to speak. There was no financial incentive, and um, so all these kind of things are just building up in my head. To be honest, and that that's ultimately what made the decision for me to pack in the full contact. You know. Yeah, yeah, that is. It, 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 I think, like you said, especially when you get the senior, like it's it's one of the biggest factors, like the lack of funding and, and trying to compete. Yeah, and, and like you said, like you, what would have potentially you needed to to progress to the medal was to just was maybe even to compete more regular and get to these tournaments away but like you said that comes with a cost and time like it's not like it's just not realistic to be able to do it like you know without any financial support which it's it's a shame like because we have a lot of people here like because the thing is about it i suppose is you're not alone there in that like that's happening loads of people where they just it's it's no financial support that's the challenge yeah yeah no it is and um like i was lucky now uh, when I when I did move over to to K one like um I I did fall in love with it you know um and that 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 kind of helped and um, that helped because I do find 
do if you're doing something for the wrong reasons, like if I'm doing something just for recognition and uh, just for more kind of acceptance and and you know from 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 people and you know uh, the world, uh, your heart has to be in it. You know, and you're not going to be able to give a good account of yourself if you're just doing it. The, the, the goal can't be very very short term you know and, and I'm lucky now when I did transition to, to K1 uh, I, I did fall in love with the sport and, and uh, I kind of wanted to engross myself in it it wasn't uh, you know I just want to get a fight in and uh, think I'm just going to you know shoot to the top um, because I think like I, you know you're probably the same I think every martial artist in the world now at the minute no matter what you're doing boxing they go on though the question gets asked here, you're going to do MMA you know I think everybody just gets asked that so my that kind of just rolls into my next you know answer as far as that like it's it's not where my heart is at the minute you know and i think if you're doing something just for recognition um i don't think you're going to succeed you know so i'm lucky when i did make that change over what as much as k1 was becoming big in the country and i that was a bit of part there was a bit of me that was kind of saying i want an incentive i want something in return but it wasn't so my soul drive you know when i did start it <clears throat> i did love the sport so it, that that's what kind of the, the chain reaction then you know it was given i was given uh, given my all but it was getting a little bit back you know it was getting a bit of bit of a financial incentive i was getting more social media exposure it was a, that was a give it was a give and take kind of uh, approach to it but uh i did fall in love with it ultimately and i think if you're not in love with the sport and you're just doing it for for recognition or um, uh, approval from other people it's uh, it's going to be very short lived you know yeah but that's one thing even like like you said yeah even with MMA the, and, and 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 people asking are you going to try like I've, I've, there's been some people on who said like an, a, a good point and I, I would agree with it that like you don't have to to go to MMA to have to be good in, in your sport like 100% look if it's something that you want to do and like you said that you have a love for and a passion for like then do that then but not because you feel like pressured for I suppose external pressure to oh well I suppose like I'm kind of expected yeah. I'm expected like like K1 or like Taekwondo or anything like that it's like isn't a it doesn't ha- it's not a stepping stone for MMA exactly like, you, you can exactly have, yeah. you can you can have a, a good competitive a high level competitive career in whatever martial art or sport that you enjoy and want to be a part of and don't have to go and prove anything or have to do anything in, in MMA to kind of like justify yeah. yourself or vindicate yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. People, it, it, it kind of, it's it's near disrespectful to other martial arts when people always say that, you know, it's like, I've plenty of other things to accomplish in, this, in my sport, you know, before I ever think of doing anything, you know. Um, so it does be, it is disrespectful, you know, and it, and it breaks my heart when I hear high-level kickboxers um, talking about the, the sport as a stepping stone, you know, like it's just like, you know, please, please stop that and just give it a bit more respect. Um, you know, I remember listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and it was it was Cedric Dumbay was on it and he was just talking about his UFC career. Like, and I'm just like, you know, like Rico Verhoeven was on it actually and he was talking about it. He was like, no interest in MMA, yeah, you know, and yeah. I loved that. Like, I loved his, his side. He's like, you know, people just always think it's a stepping stone. Um, so, yeah, like the way I look at it from that point of view, I always say, um, like obviously people are looking at it from the money point of view now as mma stands it's it's a it's a big earner there's some promotions out there that are paying big money but like that wasn't there before before conor mcgregor i wasn't you know like there wasn't that that money over in europe so like if you look at shows where 
Conor McGregor was fighting, you know, and getting paid uh, 250 euro or 500 euro. Like that, that was reality. That was reality back in the day, you know, like fighting in Ireland, fighting MMA, the same as it is with, with K1. But like, if, if, if that was the thing back in the day when and everyone was saying to Connor, forget about the forget about the, the MMA. Just you're better off getting into the box and you're not gonna make a penny in the MMA. You know, like that if, if where would MMA be if that was the case? If he had if he had given up on it because he was seeing bigger paydays in the boxing, you know. Um so like that's that's nearly how I feel as far as kickboxing. I hate um feeling like you're you kinda of like looking and turning your back on it and trying to think about an MMA route to make a few pounds or whatever, you know. Again, everybody always asks and it's like I've plenty of other things to accomplish. And I'd love to to make kickboxing more of a, a household kind of um spectated sport, you know, because I believe it is the most exciting stand up sport. I believe K one is the most stand most exciting stand up sport. And I think it's it's starting to get us it's attention and it's 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 you know it's it's deserved attention for um in glory and other other promotions that are that are really um trying to push it and become more notable but uh it's it's i i, I don't want to turn my back on kickboxing I, I, and this this show now in um in dubai is the opportunity i've been looking for for ages you know um whether it was on a big a, a big household kind of name like glory if you say to people glory kickboxing yeah, everyone knows glory kickboxing but everyone, not not many people know this this uh, promotion in dubai but i'm hoping this becomes a regular thing out there doing great kickboxing and uh i'm, I'm buzzing now to, to have this opportunity you know they, they have an app and you download the app the fight you be streamed the whole show stream for free there's not much going on but combat sporting was you know like so anytime there's anything on people that tuning in so um, I'm I'm really excited for the opportunity, and uh, hopefully it's not uh, it's an opportunity now. But I'm I'm hoping once I, I go over and perform and, and uh, get the win, it will become a regular thing, and hopefully this will open the doors to other Irish fighters on this on this platform, and and again be another kind of a promotion there that's that's a competitor against other other things because glory kickboxing is kind of all there was really. So I'm hoping now this this promotion um will continue to to thrive and keep pushing because uh. They're right up there as far as as far as professionalism, you know. Like um, I, I've been blown away with it so far, so I can't wait to actually get over there and see what it's like now. But um, I, that's that's my standpoint on um on the the kickboxing point of view. I want to make it a lot bigger, you know. And I, I feel like I um I owe it to the sport. I want to I want to make it as big as it can in Ireland and 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 keep pushing the boundaries and try to get it um and get it to be a, again a household spectator sport, you know. And I believe. And we're on the right path with this opportunity now, and I hope hope um it can blow up. Yeah, it's definitely a big for for kickboxing because, like I said, it's really only been, I suppose, the top level. Like it's only been UFC fights. Um, I know Bellator like it's been high level MMA fights, high level boxing fights, but like other martial arts, like and I suppose lo- lower level stuff is it's it's not really happening. So the fact like you're getting to fight and yeah. that promotion are willing to put on fights and make something happen is 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 great. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like, and <clears throat> again, like. Uh, People say, you know, are you nervous? Like, I'm not nervous. I'm blessed. Like, I'm blessed to have the opportunity. Like, you know, like, it's, you can't, like, why could it, how could it be nervous? You know, like, there's nothing going on. Like, I'm not being given an opportunity here now to go over to Dubai um, and fight for a, a, a title that no Irish person's ever fought for. You know, it's like, how could, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime, like, how could I be nervous? You know, how could I not be excited? You know, so I'm absolutely buzzing and um, really looking forward to, you know, and again, I just hope, uh, 
it's not the last, you know, go over there and make a statement now and please God, this will be a regular thing going back over to this promotion. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to the promotion. I'm very grateful to, you know, the Arab Emirates, uh, or, you know, the Arab uh, Muay Thai, very grateful to them you now bringing us over to the UAE. Um, very grateful to Roy Baker and, and Kickboxing Ireland and uh, Wacko and Wacko Pro, you know, very grateful because again, this opportunity um, during the pandemic is, is, uh, is uh, amazing. Yeah. And do you think do you see yourself potentially fighting for uh, an organisation like Glory down down the line? I suppose like they are the the biggest one in, in K one. Yeah, like like I, I wanted to the way I've always seen it for years, like um I, I, over the years, I just want to fight for whoever treats me the best. Whoever whoever looks after me and makes me feel like I'm 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 getting what I'm what I deserve, you know, and um that's it ultimately. Um I want I want the professional a professional platform that um you know, like again, it goes back to paying your dues and, and coming up. Like I've, I've fought in some horrendous places. You know, like I fought in very hostile, horrendous places. Like and uh, they kind of drag you down a bit. They drag your performance down. They drag like you're kind of like, why am I doing this? You know, I'm, like, I'm doing this a good while now, and here I am, like fighting in the. You know, it's like fighting in the the Vic out of EastEnders or something. You know, I'm like, why am I? Why am I fighting on this? Like. It's, it's hard sometimes it's hard you know you're just like oh god but um again you just keep keep pushing keep pushing you get an opportunity like this but all i want is a is a, prof- a professional platform like a hat like so there was a promotion in ireland uh catering championships of crc so um a few of the guests you've had yeah, you've had yeah. on yourself have fought on, on the show like um so pavel pavel ran that show and uh, it was the most professional organization in the country like it was it was ran like clockwork and i'm very grateful i was always very grateful to them for for the platform that he gave me Um so i think i had five fights on that promotion and i, I never lost and so it's that they're, they're they're 78 kilo k1 champion and, and they always just really pushed me and there was always promos there was always um it was at the show i was running like clockwork i wasn't fighting at one o'clock in the morning you know there was never stupid stuff like that and that means a lot, like, you know, that you're not being messed about. I always felt like they um, they had me back, you know. I always felt like they were giving me a fair shake, and that's all you ever want, you know. Sometimes there's just some dodgy stuff goes on and shows, guys coming in overweight, and the, the promoter might just let it slide. And, you know, just things like that that make you, again, when you're, you're very sensitive to things like that when you're about to come up before you, like, so something like that, straight away alarm bells are going off, you're like, God, oh, are people here to, you know, to, to screw you over? There's all these these things and you think everyone's against you nearly in your own head. So when you, when you, when they, people are giving you a fair shake and they're just straight down the middle, that's all you want, you know? And then again, a professional platform. So they used to run the show on the right venue and it was, it was, it was great. It was great from a spectator's point of view. Um, it just looked a lot more professional and um, you couldn't fit, you know, a load of people into it but it was very professional it was very cozy and it was just really really well run and uh, again it became like a home show for me I always felt real comfortable on the show and I'm very grateful to Pavel for, for what he done for me and then that kind of gave me a taste of what a professional show should be like so then when people did come to me promoters are asking for things you had a standard that you wanted to try and reach for you know so um, this show now this is the, the the kind of thing that I'm looking for. I'm looking for this, you know. Um, they're just so professional. Uh, like during a pandemic, to be able to to do this, um, to be to be able to fly me over to the boy, um, you know, put put me in the coach up, um, in the hotel, and uh, 
you know, look after me the best. That, that, that this is the best I've been looked after as far as in my kickboxing career, you know, um, so far. So like to be able to do that during the pandemic, I'm I'm really excited to be able to see what uh, what happens there when when they are allowed uh, spectators again and how big the how big the the shows could be over there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it seems I would have watched, as you said, some of the guests that I've had on ha- have been on those shows. Like I know Adam and Ryan have fought on them. Uh, I know yeah. Ian, Ga- I know Ian yeah. Gary fought on a few as well. Like and yeah. a couple of other people have fought on them, and they always look professional. Um, they always look, yeah. like, they always look yeah, like good shows. Um, I don't know, is that promotion gone, or is it, is that is that are they yeah, doing yeah, I think the the I think just the premises. I think there was a bit a bit of difficulty with the premises. I think I think a new owner of the premises. I think um. Now again, I, I haven't talked to uh, you know Pavel about it or anything like that, but I just kind of think I remember there was a while ago. I think the wife and you were sold or something like that. I remember hearing stuff like that, and I think maybe that's where kind of the 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 show was lost, maybe on that. Um, and again, Pavel was always a man with just a really good business brain. He uh, he wasn't uh, he was always making sure things were covered. He always had like everything was in place. There were sponsors for the event, and everything was in place that. He could take care of you as a fighter, you know. You you what you weren't just a, a milking cow. He wasn't just bringing you in, milking you, and then throwing you out. Like he was, he was making sure the show was really professional. So that's how he was able to pay, pay uh, better than most, better better than any show in the country was. You know, at the time, um, boy a mile, boy a country mile to be honest. Um, and he always uh, looked after us. So like that, that, I think that's you need someone like that with a business brain. But unfortunately, like with with. Uh, it's in as as uh, you probably know yourself. You ran a take on a tournament like that. Like it's it's hard work. Like running a show is hard work. So I uh, credit to anyone that does it in the country. You know, like and uh, there's a few uh, big promoters in the country. Like um, fair play to any of them that do it. Like because it's not easy at all. No, you understand that from point of view as well. So I never stand. I'm never going to be a person to outprice myself and say like I want this. I want that. Like you understand how it works, you know. Like I'm not gonna ask a promoter from more than what I can bring them, you know. Never, like you know, it's it, that's it's it's simple. Like you can't just pull money out and just give it to you. So like, um, I understand how it works, but I think people like Pavel um, that had a real real good setup. Uh, there was a reason. There was a reason um, why he was able to look after us so well. So I think, I think until he gets the the kind of the, the things lined up and everything right again from a from a a promoter point of view being able to put on a show I don't think he will I don't think he'll rush it into a venue that you know is costing him too much and then everyone has to take a pay cut as far as fights and the, the show just loses its, its, its professionalism I suppose you know and it, it can't become corner so maybe that's probably the point of view where he's looking at but please God they come back you know because like I'm still a champion in that promotion I'd love to defend the belt because they're always um, they've always treated me well and they uh, always had international opposition as well, you know, so it wasn't just Irish lads, you know, so um, hopefully they can come back. But sorry, again, you'll get used to me rambling, I'll, I'll, I'll talk and talk. <laughs> no, you're all good, you're all I good. I think your question, your question a while back, your question a while back where you said, um, glory, look, is, 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 is that kind of where you want to be? But it, again, yeah, I just want to fight for a promotion that, that looks after me and takes care of me. So to be honest, like, when Pavel was running that show here, I would happily fight on his show Um two or three times a year and, and be quite content, you know? And uh, again, the platform that he was offering me was giving me the level, you know, the uh, people had the videos and the, the high quality streams to see highlights of me and stuff like that. And um, it gives you the platform to be able to get opportunities to go to other promotions, you know, if they come calling. But 
again, you're at it. You're he's giving you a level that you're not you're not able to be low-balled with his promotions, you know, because he's paying you well enough, you know, so you have a good, you have a good background. You can say, no, look, I'm not going in. I'm not taking the first opportunity that comes, you know, because you're not getting, um, you're not just getting peanuts, you know, on, on a good local show, which, which which helps, you know. So if someone can give you a good base here in the country and pay you well and look after you and give you a good platform, that's a massive thing. And, and I kind of am, I was grateful to Pablo for being able to do that. Um, so, when it comes to the likes of this promotion now, I'm I'm very content. If I can if I can go over there now, do do the job, get this belt, I'll be very content to make this a regular trip over to the void. You know, I'd be more than happy to. And going going like going and fighting for glory and stuff like that isn't going to be a thing that I'm going to be calling for because I'm more than happy and more than content to to go and fight for this promotion because there because again I know I know a few um people that have kind of signed for glory and have heard words, heard words and talk, talk through them. So this promotion is matching what a contract with glory would be to start. So I'm, um, so I'm very content, like, you know, um, with this promotion. Now, again, this isn't a contract. We've just signed a contract for one fight. So again, get this job done. Um, and then we'll see, we'll see what, where, where this goes then, you know, but once I have the belt, then the ball's in my court, I suppose. So that's, that's the incentive. I've got to go over there and, and do a job and, and look impressive doing it. And, and um, if you look impressive and, and it's an entertaining fight, then I suppose uh, when those are drawn in, um, you'll get, you'll get the call back. And that's, that's what I'm looking to do is always, always look to impress and have people excited and on the edge of the seat. Like. Yeah. I definitely, hopefully those CRC shows could go back. Cause I think that would be great. And um, I always like, like I said, I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, I suppose just looking at just like the training for this fight as well. Um, I know we spoke a small bit about it, but I suppose the training for this fight has been different. But how how would you usually balance training and, and working your your job running your your stu- your fitness your gym and your studio and that like is that yeah. usually is that usually a hard balancing act or is it something you you find to do it's, okay? Yeah, it's it's okay. Charging, yeah, no, it's it's okay. It's um, it's something that I've kind of. Uh, got used to all over the years you know it's kind of <clears throat> like i've never been a uh, i've never been although if we and uh, professionally i've never been a full-time um athlete like i never i've never had not had a job to just go like um just go and focus on on my martial arts you know um my like every, everyone's different to themselves some people just want to go all all their eggs in one basket you know and just go with it and and all power to them you know but i just kind of I always just had the had the approach that I can um, I can train as much you know as I, I can train you know two hours a day and um, while I while still working a job you know um, and and but again I'm, I'm blessed in a sense because I, I followed the path that I wanted to as far as a career so I I um, studied personal training and sports therapy in, in college so I done three years in college and then um, when I left I started uh, personal training but I was working in a gym for a little while now didn't didn't love that um just didn't it was it wasn't for me you know and um, you kind of think you always think when you're in a gym it's, it's just a handy job you know i'm standing there beside the treadmills looking at the tv for an hour you know it's, it's a yeah. handy one but uh it was hell like, it just wasn't for me so i um yeah so i finished uh finished up in the <clears throat> in the gym and then i started personal training and then in, in a more of a personal training based uh, gym and i uh, loved it fell in love with it then so it was it was solid training and i was working for myself straight away then um after a year of college, after the gym experience, I just moved on. I was, I was just a solid trader then. So I was just working for myself, just PT. And then 
yeah, but worked in the gym for a little while, building up client base and stuff, and very grateful to the to the gym and uh, and James, the owner, and also that's that's how it started. And then we uh, moved out, we moved on myself and two business partners, and uh, we opened our own and uh, we opened our own uh, personal training studio. So it's called the Lab Performance and Nutrition. So we're based in Monkstown in uh, Dublin, just outside Dunleary. So uh, that's that's where we we're at now, and uh, it's obviously hard times now with. Uh, with COVID, but uh, and all the closures and stuff like that, James. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change my career um, for the world. You know, I love it. Um, it's a, it's a, you know cliche that you know if you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. You know, and it's it's uh, it's definitely a job I have a passion for. And again, it comes from a background and in, in, in that was instilled in me from again. You go back to start the podcast. My parents were just bringing me, just bringing me to martial arts. It's a daily part of your, it's it's a part of your daily uh, routine. Like you've got to exercise, you know. Um, and I think that that just that lifestyle um, just made me very passionate about it, you know, and the benefits that it can bring to you as a, as a person. So uh, that's how that's how the whole uh, my whole path was kind of mapped out. I knew straight away that's what I wanted to do as far as. Um, a job because anyone I ever really looked up to as a role model was always someone coaching me or you know uh, telling me what to do so we kind of that, that was straight away I was like oh that's what I want to do you know it came from from my sporting background and the uh, people that I looked up to as, as coaches so uh, I was I was blessed now and I, I kind of uh, went on that path and uh, everything kind of fell into place I didn't have too many stumbling blocks you know I had the bad experience in the gym but it was an experience that stood to me and I just kind of progressed after that and now we have our own place and uh, yeah we're um, we're flying now at the minute I know COVID now the, the second lockdown has locked us down again and we're just getting kind of uh, Zoom calls and stuff at home but I uh, have a solid client base and, and they're all very loyal you know some of them have been training uh, five, five years plus and uh they're very, they're very loyal now. I'm blessed now with uh, my clients and and being able to juggle that and training. You know, they're, uh, working for myself, I'm able to train in the middle of the day. I'm able to train in the mornings and when I have gaps from clients or whatever. So obviously now being able to reschedule work and just take a week off because I work for myself and you know things like that are very it's very manageable. You know, and I'm lucky in that sense. Yeah, that's like that. It's um, yeah, I suppose it's handy like that. You get to you get to work for yourself. Like I said, you, you can. Maneuver them, or you can maneuver things around. And the, um, do you think yeah. you ever? Do you think you'll ever have? Um, do you think you'll ever add maybe a, mar- a kickboxing gym, a martial arts gym, onto what you're doing? Do you think you'll ever become part of what you want to do? Yeah, look, it's definitely a passion I have. Like, definitely a passion I have. Um, it's like uh, at the minute, it's kind of like I don't know if you have like you know little cousins or whatever, and you go, you know, you go and play, you play with them, and then you, you, you know, it's great seeing them for a few hours, and then you let them go home with their mom and dad, like you know, and you, you, you get to enjoy it for that hour or two, but you wouldn't want to be with them all day long, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like that at the minute. Um, I love, love teaching a class or two, but uh, I'm not ready for it to be uh, a full time gig yet. I think I'm just, the fact that I'm still competing, I think there has to be that little bit of that little bit of selfishness uh, as well, Um and that's kind of not how we know that I'm not really ready to coach uh, just yet. Like, uh, I, I don't mind teaching, like, but I think being a coach involves a little bit more and kind of uh, even things like this, like Glenn's coming with me now to the boy, you know, like, I, I wouldn't be able for that. Like, if someone was to go away, never, like, if someone was going out, you know, Cavan or whatever, I couldn't go, I wouldn't be able to go, give up my weekend and go with them yet, you know. So, like, even things like that that you don't look at from a, from a coaching point of view, I think you have to be ready to do all that kind of stuff as a coach and I'm not yet. So uh, that's how I know I'm not ready to be a martial arts coach. 
Um, and then from the point of view of, uh, like, if I'm in the gym, PTing somebody and they're squatting more than I would, I'm delighted for them. I'm, like, buzzing. But if I was uh, kickboxing with someone and they, you know, put me on my arse or whatever, I couldn't be having that. Like, I, because I'm still competing, I'd yeah. be like, no way, I couldn't be having that. Like, they, there, there would be a... There will be a point, you know, a, a, an inner kind of, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be fuming. Let's put it that way. I'd be fuming that like this, this person's at their, you know, best of me. It's like she's at, they're after, uh, they're after showing me up, like, you know, but, but again, that's not the coaching mentality. You can't have that as a coach. You have to be wanting your pupil to be better than you. So I think from a selfish point of view, because I'm competing at the minute, I have to wait until I'm gone. And then fully engross myself in coaching because I do have a passion for it and I love it. Like and uh, but not at the minute just yet, you know, not not a uh, full time. Like yeah, yeah. Like and I suppose yeah, it definitely can be a different a different situation to like you said teaching a class is is a lot different to maybe being a coach and being responsible for you know yeah. taking somebody when they walk in the door to maybe being world champion or getting to where they want to go to well, one day I take a class and I I try and help take a class and maybe teach yeah. and, and help improve this person on one day like one a one-off kind of gig but it's a different story yeah. from day one to however into the future where you're responsible it's a different gig yeah definitely definitely and then even like like i said from the, the traveling point of view giving up weekends to go coaching at uh, tournaments and stuff like that you know especially if you have a big club it's draining it'd be draining you know like so it's a it's a tough it's a tough gig you know you have to kind of be ready for it as i said it has to be has to be um 100 your focus like if you're going to do it you have to want to do it if you can't really again it's you can't really um have that selfish thing that uh that i was talking about so that's just how i know i'm not i'm not fully ready to um to coach but it's definitely in the future 100 <clears throat> it's a it's a thing that i want to do and again from it from a sporting point of view and a, a martial arts point of view like i <clears throat> when i'm looking at what i want to accomplish in the sport and stuff it's like you want more, you know, um, you want more achievements and those achievements give you more kind of uh, exposure and all that kind of stuff. And, and But like you're doing it, uh, you're not, you're not, you're not doing it necessarily in the hope that it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier on the MMA and the money. You kind of, you're not doing it in necessarily looking for the, you know, the big money off of just your sporting career. As a, as a whole, in a bigger picture, I'm kind of thinking of, if 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 I'm if I go down kind of in Irish kickboxing history as one of one of you know the one of the best uh, as far as um, Irish K1, I know then later down the road when I do eventually open you know um, start teaching classes that that's going to stand to you and then obviously yeah. your gym will be busy your gym will be busy and then that's in a, that's a financial uh, you know kind of thing that will that might. Uh, you know, might be a, a retirement plan, so to speak, as far as running a martial arts gym. You know, like it's because uh, you can't necessarily PT for for uh, forever. You know, no one's gonna come in and get PT by some uh, some sixty or seventy year old. You know, but um, well, you know, plenty of martial arts gyms that uh, people like you know, you know, people be there, grandmaster sitting in the chair just teaching. You know, so we think um, martial arts experience is massive. Um, so I think uh, for as far as running a martial arts club, I think doing doing the best you can while you're competing will stand to you when you do open open a club. And I think uh, you'll make the, you know it should uh, encourage people to come make the club a lot more successful. So it's it, it should be a, a financial um, 
financial gain in that sense, even if you don't necessarily make money that enough money in your sport at the time that you're competing, it should it should uh, be able to pay you back with um with the respect you've earned and the, the notoriety in, in, in the sport is when yeah. you open the club, you know. Yeah. I suppose like you said, pay, paying your dues to some degree in the in the sport, yeah. you know. So um but yeah, maybe just before we finish up, um, you said you've watched a few uh, and listened to a few, but I, I tend to ask if you had to, if you had to pick a favorite fighter, a favorite fighter that you like to watch, um, who would you pick? It doesn't necessarily have to be in your sport; it could be in any sport. But if you had to pick yeah. a favorite fighter, who would you, who would it be? Um, it'd probably be, I'd say, it'd be George George Opetrosian. I'd say it would be George Opetrosian in uh, kickboxing. I'd say, yeah. Just very like again, it's not nece- it's not too relatable to my own style because obviously he's a, he's a southpaw and um, but uh, just his cleanness, you know, just uh, I just love how how sharp and how clean he is and everything is just so picture perfect, nearly, you know. Um, shots are nothing's wasted, just not very efficient and uh, yeah. When I watch him, it's uh, yeah. As soon as you said that, he's kind of the first person to come to my head. I was looking to a seminar and with him now. Um, in Torless a few years back and uh, even though he didn't uh, he doesn't speak English he doesn't need to as soon as he shows you everything's very simple a lot of his drills are very simple and uh, it was uh, yeah it was, it was a quality experience you know so it's a yeah George Opechosian in uh, kickboxing yeah yeah, I was somebody I would have I would have seen and a very a very exciting fighter obviously has been a very great a great pick I think yeah. Uh, so yeah, like yeah. I think I think we'll leave it there um, thanks man for coming on really Very appreciate much. it really appreciate hearing your story and where you've kind of came to, to know and that so uh, yeah and best of luck in your yeah, best of luck in your fight next week I appreciate it. Thanks very much. I've seen you had you had a few a few guests there now recently that have been been on second time. So maybe in a few if we are back on in, in, in even a year's time, hopefully I'll uh, I'll have this back up pro belt now sitting on the shelf behind me. Please God now. Yeah, hopefully so. Like that, I'll uh, I'll download the app. Uh, I'll be tuning in to watch you next yeah, week. Um, so yeah, yeah. UAM is the app. UAM, United Arab Muay Thai. So uh, it's free and the show, whole show will be streamed for free. So it's on or uh, on Friday. The show will start on um, Friday at three o'clock Irish time, I think. And uh, we should be on in and around half ten, half eleven. Nice one, nice one. I'll, I'll link that into anything. Sorry, sorry that's sorry, that's that's sorry, actually, Jamie. That's um the boy time. Sorry, the the Irish time. I should be in half six, half seven p.m. Sorry, anybody made a boo boo there. So yeah, half six, half seven Irish time. Uh, will be will be my fight. Lovely stuff. So yeah, I like that. I'll link it out and share that, and uh, hopefully people tune people should tune in and watch. So uh, take care, man, and all the best. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jamie. Thanks very much, mate. Alright. Cheers. Take care. Take care.